Hey guys, it's Andrea, and welcome to the new season of Trekkie and Beyond. We are now exploring some strange new worlds. Are you excited? Because we are. So stick around and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Trek and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Monika. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to episode three of season one of Strange New Worlds. Today, we're talking about the ghost of Illyria. So this whole episode is all about the, this, um, the Enterprise crew being separated, half are stuck on, a whole, on an old sediment from, from Illyria where people have disappeared, and the other half are on Enterprise dealing with a contagion that was not destroyed. So how are they going to get through it? We learned some secrets, and let's talk about it, because this episode was interesting for many reasons. What did you think? What is your initial thought, Monika? I am starting to fall in love with strange new worlds. I'll admit it. I was concerned going in. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was concerned going in because the characters seemed a little too polished for me, but I'm realizing they have a lot of flaws and I like (laughs) character development and I like um, misfits, social misfits coming together to help save the day. So I feel a lot better because I now know there's lots of secrets in store and lots of unveilings lots of drama I think it's gonna be like a soap opera so I'm excited looking forward to talking about a few things including a do-rag that I saw during <laughs> the episode <laughs> what did you think about it okay so well I am super duper duper happy that we finally are converting you to strange new worlds I'm so excited for that guys if you could see my face check this episode out on YouTube so you can see the like the joy in my face at this um this episode wasn't my favorite um it was good but I just felt like I don't know this this particular episode and what they went through was not 100% my favorite. It wasn't bad. I didn't dislike this episode and I still enjoyed it. But if I know if I ever had to rank the episodes at the end of the season, which I like more and which um like in the order of like ones I like the best and the ones I didn't, this one would not probably be at the top. Though we do learn some good information in this episode, it just, it didn't scratch that itch that like last episode, episode two did, or even episode one for that matter. So, um, but not everyone's going to be a 10. So it doesn't mean it's bad. It just wasn't my favorite, but I still liked it. So let's go ahead and do a deeper dive into this, um, the reasoning behind this episode. Because basically Starfleet has a rule that they don't work with people who genetically modify themselves due to a war that happened on earth. Um, and so there was a colony of people from Illyria who were living on a planet and they just disappeared. And so every so often as part of Starfleet's like journey to figure out the universe, they go to that planet and study it to try to figure out what happened to the people who live there. Um, and just sort of make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. I got that feeling to make sure that whatever happened to them doesn't help happen to anyone else. Um, but an ion storm, storm is coming in. And so they need to escape the planet before the storm arrives and basically kills everyone there. And so we see that the away team, um, number one, La'an and a couple other people, I think, are able to, no, not La'an, she wasn't on the away team, um, but number one and a couple other people were able to escape the iron storm, storm barely. Um, we see that Captain Pike and Spock are stuck there, 
Um, and Spock, because he's ever the nerd and I love him for it, he is like in the library reading like, oh, look, I think they were trying to undo stuff so they could be a part of Starfleet. Oh, wow. Um, and because of that, the people on Discovery are now going through a contagion that was not stopped when they transferred back, when they transported back onto the ship. So this episode's a lot about learning about science, learning about how people work and learning a little bit about number one that I don't think she wanted to share. So let's talk about um, the opening scene. What did you think about it? So uh, I, you know, I love everyone. I think on this podcast knows that I love away missions. So I like the fact that they're like every episode in this season so far, they're um, out as the title was state, Strange New Worlds are out in a, exploring another world. And so it's interesting to see that scroll, like how they're documenting kind of like old school, but new school. So mm -hmm. there's the older scroll, but there's, um, I don't there's like a light underneath of a tube and then there's writing there that a spot can scroll through. And I thought that was cool um, rendition of documenting their research and how that civilization evolved. I think number one was not as comfortable with Pike staying behind to help rescue Spock, but she knows ultimately he's the captain. He's like calls the shots and cause she gave kind of gave him a little eye but she followed along and they beamed out. Um, but I could tell that, you know, Pike is taking a little bit more risks because he knows that his uh, destiny is, um, his fate is far into the future. And mm. so I, I could tell that like, okay, he's like, I'll go save Spock while the rest of my crew leaves. So I thought that that was interesting telling. And I learned a lot about the gentleman in engineering and I can't remember his name right now, but uh, he like um, found auxiliary power to help beam out number one and the rest of the crew. And he was able to work fast on that. And I think he even called himself a genius for mm. <laughs> helping to make that happen. Uh, so yeah, I, I learned uh, um, a lot about, uh, uh, a lot more characters because I don't think I've learned much about him but in the previous episodes besides the fact that he was blind. Mm -hmm. um I have to agree with you we did learn a little bit more about them and to, to go back to your opening statement about the um your initial reactions you're right they did seem a very polished crew um much more polished than the discovery <laughs> um and this was like the first episode where we really get to see them fall apart in a sense and I like that. I did like that element of it because it gives them more human um, aspect of it. We get to see them brag. We get to see them sort of like argue a bit and wonder, seriously, seriously, is this really the time for to be like, I'm a genius. Okay, yeah, let's save the people first and then you can brag. Like, <laughs> this is, they were going to die if this didn't happen. Maybe save the bragging when everyone's calmed down and you have Captain Pike and Spock onto the uh, ship as well. <laughs> Right, because they lost control. For many of them, they lost control of their sense of self. When um, number one opened up her shirt to get to access the more light, like that was kind of it. Only that only lasted a little bit for her because I think her um, antibodies kicked in and released that that light, um, that virus from her. But 
uh, for everyone, for lots of other people, like Luann, she lost control of herself. She <laughs> for um, the doctor, uh, he lost control of himself for a, a little while there, um, and a few other people. Um, so yeah, I agree. Um, because like yeah, the uh, the engineering guy he bragged so much, but then couldn't figure out why the why the contagion was uh came on. So speaking of the contagion, basically for people who um. If you haven't watched, if you haven't fully watched the episode, um, basically when you beam onto a ship, it this computer is supposed to be able to identify any microorganism that's not supposed to be there and destroy it when you come on, which I think is pretty cool because it means you can never get sick no matter where you go. Um, and somehow we they don't know, quote unquote, we know, but they don't know, quote unquote, how it happened. And so a basically they are all in a vitamin D deficiency, meaning they are all desperate for light, for the sun. And um, number one, we see that she has the effect for a moment. And then we see her heat up, her face heats up, her body heats up really red, and then it goes away. Um, and then we see that she goes to, uh, she's like, oh, so crap, something's wrong. Hey guys, what's going on? Did anyone else from the away mission, are they having any issues? Like, oh yeah, there's a lot of issues. Come to med bay. And she has to openly admit that she is an Illyrian and that she hid that fact and she lied um, because she wanted to be a part of Starfleet. And right around the same time, we're learning on, on back on the planet's surface that Spock um, finds out that the people who were there disappeared because they were, well, before they disappeared, they were trying to undo all of the genetic modifications so they could join Starfleet because they wanted to be a part of it so badly. And so it goes to show that they, people have this sort of view about Illyrians that's not necessarily true. Because number one has to come out and say, we were never like the people on earth. We never did genetic modifications for domination or to dominate. We just wanted to improve ourselves, basically to protect ourselves. Um, and it's, we see some prejudice come out because of that. We see that Laon, uh, La first of all, I don't like her. <laughs> and it was this episode, I was on the fence about it, but this episode sort of solidified it for me because just how they say drunk thoughts are so, so drunk words are sober thoughts. Um, I wanna say these like infected words are normal thoughts because La'an calls, uh, takes out her personal issues out on number one, calling her an augmentation because of things from La'an's past that she's still dealing with. So this episode sort of solidified it. I don't really like that. I don't like the character right now. Maybe it'll change in a couple more episodes, but this one I was like, okay, so basically if you're pushed back against the wall, you become horrible. But what did you think of but I like that. I like to have at least one character in every show or movie that I don't like. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that helps with conflict, like that helps with the story, moving the story along. And I think she's connected the con some way. Uh, and there was like augmentations in, I guess, the planet that she was raised on before. Mm -hmm. She. Um, uh, but but she's not augmented. So there's a history there. I think we'll probably learn more about it because they all have skeletons in their closet. They do. They <laughs> some really of them do. have much deeper walking closets than others. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of number one's uh, 
revelation because before this episode, I really thought there was some, I always knew there was something different about number one. She always seemed a little too perfect and I could never really put my finger on it. But now we know. So what did you think about it? So I started to think that something was up when she carried Hammer. And I oh, I finally remembered the name of the engineering guy, Hammer. So uh, engineering chief. So she was carrying him over her shoulder casually. And I was like, oh, girl, she got it going on. She, <laughs> she gets but now I understand why it's because uh, she's been augmented. So maybe she has additional strength, endurance. Uh, obviously, she has more um, antibodies, resilience to diseases. So uh, she has a lot of strengths that the rest of them don't have. Um, but, and she's been able to carry this secret for so long. I, I guess all of these medical tests she probably had to do to get into Starfleet and so forth did not um, uncover this. Um, uh, but she and herself is, is lying every day. She's not supposed to be there. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of... Um, uh, questioning of herself how to keep that secret for a long time to come mm -hmm. because it's going to gradually get out of the bag like people I think it's going to spread she already told a few people like Leon so um they're gonna more people are gonna find out I would guess or she's gonna be able to use that power in other ways um it just adds more like intensity to the plot I think in the storylines for her I'm excited um I, I you're right I, I agree that there is gonna the cat always gets out of the bag and while the ship always feels like a family you always have that one person who's like the black sheep of the family who's going to let it spill when they feel like they're getting backed up against the wall and they need to spill this in order to make sure um to make sure that they're thought of higher within the ranks of Starfleet and that they can throw someone on the bus to make themselves better. There's always that one person and we don't know who that one person is because I don't think it would be La'an who would throw her under the bus. I, okay. Even though I don't like her right now because of her actions, I don't think she has, she's not the person to do that. So I wonder who may be that person if, right. if that's the case. And ultimately Pike could get into trouble because yeah. uh, he knowingly kept her on um, it's one thing if you can deny all culpability, but she told him and tried to resign. Plausible deniability, people. Don't tell anyone your secrets. <laughs> and don't listen to anyone's secrets. I didn't hear that. What I did not hear that, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Don't stop talking to me so I can have plausible deniability. <laughs> yes. Um, and jumping ahead, I think that's why she deleted her diary entry in the end. Yeah. When she was making that diary entry, the only thing I could think of was, girl, you stupid. <laughs> Why are you putting this out? And here's the thing. Here's the thing that comes, before we go to break, here's the thing about that whole that whole scene. I was like, don't y'all live in the future and know nothing's ever really deleted? Like, why would you electronically put that anywhere? No, nothing's ever lost or deleted. You should have just wrote that ish down and then burned it. Burned it. Like, girl. Right. Plus, it's going to be in her medical record that she helped to save the day. Dr. Batang has to do this, <laughs> document this. 
Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about um, secrets on the planet that Pike and Spock figure out, the secrets that the doctor is holding, and just how crazy can these people get with the light and needing it all. That vitamin D is good, people. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Trek and Beyond. So part two of this episode. So back on the planet, we see that uh, Pike and Spock are in a um, hidden little library under the planet trying to wait out this ion storm. And in the distance, they see these like fire wraith-like creatures flying towards them. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't do anything that has to do with horror because look, uh -uh, I don't mess with that. I don't talk about it. I don't deal with it because I'm not trying to become one of them but they they are able to close the door to hide themselves in there to make to hide themselves in the room to try to protect them from the race but it turns out the race were there to protect them from the ion storm um because the wind the pressure of the storm breaks the glass in the room that they're in and they feel like they're about to die and then the race break through the door and surround pike and spock as they're laying fetal position on the ground trying to stop the ion storm from getting them and say, and essentially they save their save their lives and Spock is able to determine those wraiths were the people that is what happened to the civilization that lived on the planet they all died in result of the ion storms because they took away the genetic modifications that would have protected them from it and that's like the whatever I guess because of their modifications that's what happened to their bodies or something like that. That part's not fully explained how they turned out like that, I don't think. Um, but it was very interesting to see that the very people they were judging for the genetic modifications were the very people who saved them twice in this episode. And so I liked that. What did you think of that whole thing? Oh, I loved it as well. You can't judge people on first or civilizations um without really getting to know them first and this is a true case of that um and i i have to admit at first when i saw the light coming to them i was i was i was thinking red angel i don't know why i'm so glad it's not connected to red angel <laughs> um, but it was like a just a protective state it was another set a, a being uh protecting them cocooning them on the floor as uh the, the as the ion storm was approaching thank goodness they came the colonists came and and helped them um but it it, it makes you wonder about that life as a, mm -hmm. as a being of light um on that planet it that's it blows my mind. Uh, excellent creativity, I think, from the writers to come up with this storyline and um, thinking about life, though, as um, in this in this state. I don't know. It's just different. I like it. Um, no, I definitely agree um, because they're they have a corporal form because they were able to hit the wall and make dents, but they also seem like they're air like. It seems like they're, they, they don't have a form, but they do. Um, and it also makes me wonder where are they? Are they, do, do they only come up during the ion storm? Um, like where are they without it? Because you would think the way that the episode opened, it was spoken about that multiple groups have come to this planet to try to learn and no one's come across them. 
So do they just hide or can they only come out when the ion storm is there? Is there something in the atmosphere that allows them to materialize and come together that is not there without the ion storm? So it's very interesting. And it's a, it's a I mean, it's, it's a, something that could possibly come back later in the future. I don't know, but it's, it's very interesting. I agree. They did a great job. Um, I agree with you. They did a great, great job. It also goes to show like if Spock wasn't reading in the library, they wouldn't experience this civilization. If they were able to quickly beam out, probably mm -hmm. like the other Starfleet uh, <laughs> voyages that went there for uh, to learn about uh, this colony, they would not have known more about the civilization. So um, in this case, good for Spock for like, <laughs> being the for exploring and getting uh falling in a deep rabbit hole of science and in, in the library <laughs> yes two points to you spot two points to you um so back on the ship uh we're learning about other secrets because as number one is finding out the source of the virus and realizing because she's Illyrian um her body the antibodies that she mentioned earlier knocked out the um they knocked out the virus. And so there's nothing in her blood for them to test to make a vaccine. And at first she takes it as a, I know that I'm malarian, but you can save their lives. And both Nurse Chapel and the doctor are both, uh, both make a point to say, we don't care. We do not care. Our, our job is to save these people. And if we could using your blood, we would, but there's nothing left in it, within it for us to use. Um, and so Laon goes crazy. Um, and tries to open up the warp core because she needs light and number one wrecks her i'm sorry i enjoyed that fight scene <laughs> um and because um number one's antibodies or whatever was able to heal laan as well as number one they were uh, the doctors and the nurse were able to grab what they needed directly from laan to create a, a vaccine to save everyone else and number one then comes to the realization that it's the doctor's fault technically that they all everyone was infected because he is saving a digital pattern of his daughter. And this is where I don't understand science because is her body dead? Like there's a version of her dead somewhere, right? And he just saved her digital pattern to find a, I didn't understand it because However, he, they explained it, but I didn't get it. But apparently, the, apparently his daughter contracted a virus that has no cure. And so he uploaded her consciousness and digital form and in a digital form to where he's trying to find a um, cure for whatever's ailing her so he can heal her. And I just didn't understand. Is she on cryo back on Earth? Like, because if there's like a, how, how is he going to save her? I didn't understand that part because it's like, is she, that's a, like she, he only saved the digital portion of her because she's there digitally. So yeah. is he going to, I don't know. Yeah. It's a stretch, right? <laughs> it's all, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that when someone beams from one place to another, like a form, their digital matter is stored and then wreck I, I I don't know. I was thinking like when That's someone's beamed, point. he was he was freezing that and he was saving that. And then 
the only other connection I can make was then take her consciousness because she has passed away. But he's looking for a cure though. So that means he's looking for a cure for her body. Physical form. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's like, but I like your explanation about the transport. It seems like he, maybe he did catch her in that form and is holding her in that form. And then we'll come, we'll finish the transfer once he find his, finds the cure. Um, and he believes he's about to get fired for that because it was never his intention to put the ship at harm. He wasn't aware of it. So number one um, decides to have him, to give him a separate ex auxiliary source to keep her so that way the rest of the um, ship is saved and the people are safe and he can still keep his daughter. And I thought that was really sweet. I felt for him. My heart went out for him. I still don't understand how she's there. I like your, again, I like your explanation. People in the comments, if you're listening to this, what did you think about it? Like, how do you think the child is still alive? Neither here nor there. Um, but it was sweet. It was a sweet thing of people not getting punished for their secrets. Um, we see that number one, when Pike finds out the truth, he doesn't punish her. And, and she makes a point to say, you could lose your job for this. Um, you could be court-martialed for this. And Pike being Pike is also the whole, I know how I die. And I know I'm going to still be here in 10 years. So <laughs> what they going to do to me? <laughs> I think the worst thing that could have ever happened to Pike was him knowing he was going to be safe for 10 years. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm going to do what I want. It don't matter. I know how I'll end up in 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, he knows he was in the uniform, so he wasn't in court martial. <laughs> yeah. So it's very, um, very interesting. <laughs> um, overall, what did you think of this episode in the sense of what do you think is adding to like strange new world? Like, do you think, because like, we've, coming from Discovery, everything that we see always ties back in some way, shape or form. And so far, we've seen two things. Um, so far, we've like every episode, we're learning something new. We're getting more uh, understanding. Do you think any of this is going to tie in to the end of the uh, a season? Or is it just going to be a one-off and we're never going to see this again? Oh, I think we're, they're slowly building characters, unveiling more information about each character, about Spock about number one we know that she can hold her weight <laughs> seriously and she could be number she could take charge as captain at any time we've learned about um yahora we're we're learning a lot about each character um ortega um in small ways and sometimes in big chunks and i think it's just going to continue to build um there's going to be there has to be some more conflict um, as there's more journeys, um, because this there's a the intro leads me to believe that this is a five year mission. Mm -hmm. So, and maybe then that mission renews after another five to get to the ten, or maybe there's like there also has to be a gap between where Discovery season two ended, where Pike found out about his fate. And then where this mission started, this five-year mission started, because he was on like a sabbatical. So I don't know how months, long yeah. that, that lasted, but we are getting to that point in which I we're getting closer to the point in which 
Pike meets his fate. I don't know how close we're going to get there, but I, I think we're building up to that and building up the Enterprise crew. Um, I find this fascinating. I think I can also tell with Yohora, like she was able to build up more confidence here and she was able to share and help solve that mystery because she was um, asleep in her quarters when the rest of her roommates um, were going crazy, um, but she didn't. So she helped to solve that problem in a subtle way um, to, and engage there. Um, so yeah, I'm, we, we have to circle back and learn a lot more about characters. Spock is engaged. So something's gonna happen. <laughs> he can't very, stay away from his fiance for five years. <laughs> I'm very curious about, because uh, we do see sometimes like spouses and stuff can stay on the ship as well. So, but I, I wanna say like his fiance does not seem like the type of woman who will follow a man. So, there's a, there's a lot of questions. This season, um, one thing I love about the show is that we don't know what the next episode will bring. Like, we don't have an idea of what they're going to face next right. because it's not connected. And I sort of like that because now each episode is something fresh, is new, it's different. And I can't say, oh, okay, we're going to learn the re resolution of this next episode. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I got enough closure from this episode, but I like it because it leaves it on the... Uh, what if scenario and I like the whole what ifs I like things not wrapped in a nice bow I like things left to interpretations that way most we can have this discussion of saying this could happen or that could happen or who knows um and it's not like a nice neat bow which is why I don't really want this to completely link up with the original series because I don't like things in a nice neat bow I like things to be a what if you know so We'll see. Any thoughts from our viewers? Any, any thoughts from our people who are watching this on YouTube or listening to this on Spotify? Please feel free to let us know what you think this season is going to go. And if you like it, or if you don't like it, because everyone's opinion is valid, but mine is right. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> well, we are coming to the end of this episode. Any last final thoughts, Monica? I'm excited to see what the future may hold. There's lots of secrets, lots of the plot is twisting and developing. I'm excited. Me too. And I can't wait to discover more strange new worlds with you. Me too. So don't, so thank you everyone for listening. And as always, I'm Andrea. And I'm Monika. And live long, live long and prosper. And prosper. Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Trekkie and Beyond. If you enjoyed that episode, feel free to subscribe by pressing that small little follow button. And if you feel so inclined to support, well, that's even better. And as always, live long and prosper.